Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. Y'all ready for today? We're starting a new series today, and I'm excited about it. It's called Pills and Pomegranates. Some of y'all be like, what? What? Yeah, this is called Pills and Pomegranates. If you'd like to follow along this morning, please text the word sermons to 94,000, and you can follow along with us. Y'all ready? Let's dive into the word. Matthew 7, verse 15 through 20. It says, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by what? Their fruit. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. And a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. We're going to have fun this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you for truth. We thank you for understanding. We thank you for wisdom. And Lord, we ask that you speak to us this morning. Let us hear you clearly as we learn and we grow in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So this is a very powerful story, very powerful parable. It's uh, very short, very to the point, but it, it means so, so much. So just gaining the context, Jesus is talking to people, trying to help them be aware of other people who do not have their best interest in mind. Uh, they, he calls them false teachers or false prophets, right? And he says that these people look like sheep but are really wolves, Anybody ever met someone like that before? We've all encountered some measure of that. It's it's typical in the church because the enemy will attack the church at times. And so every now and then you'll get a person that does not have the interest, the heart, the vision, the passion, the mission that the church has and trying to steer it their way. That's called a wolf or someone who's trying to spread lies, half-truths, gossips about people. That's a wolf. Or someone who's straight up teaching something that's not true in the Word of God. That's a wolf. Does it make sense? 
He's telling us you can identify them by the way they act, by what they say, what they do, their actions. They may tell you something and do another, right? That's a wolf in sheep's clothing. So you have to understand that when he says a false teacher, he's saying someone who has a voice, someone who has influence, someone who maybe has a microphone, maybe has some sort of position. This can happen in your work. This can happen in your family. This can happen in a church setting. It can happen anywhere. And he's telling you to be aware of those kinds of people. Typically, you will not win those people over. You have to chop it down. That's what he said. You have to chop it down. Now, that does not mean go punch a brother or slap a sister. <laughs> That's not what that means. It means you have to confront. It means you have to deal with things. You can't just let that weed continue to grow. You have to deal with the bad fruit. Does that make sense? I'm going to tell you a quick story. Anybody know who Jerry West is? Okay, thank you, Michael, my sports brother, Jerry West. Nobody? Jerry West, the logo? Oh, my gosh, man, brother. We need to, we need to teach here. Jerry West? You know who Jerry West is. Okay, thank you. Oh, they just walked into the room. The logo. Anybody ever seen the NBA before? <laughs> you know the logo? The blue and red logo, the white outline? He's the logo. That's Jerry West. They, they, they created it after him. They call him the logo. Jerry West is a legendary basketball player from long, long ago. He's still alive, right? I think he's still alive. I, I saw a video of him one time. He was, kind of, he was kind of mocking the younger dudes, the younger generation. Because the younger dudes have this saying, oh, he's a dog. He's a dog. And what they mean is, you know, the guy plays hard. He, you know, he's tough. He's mean, you know, like a Ron Artest. Oh, he was a dog. Or Michael Jordan. He was a dog. Jerry West was, I was a wolf. And wolves eat dogs. That's what he said. And I listened to that and I was like, huh. It's so interesting that humanity has this perception of being like a dog or like a wolf when Christ came as a shepherd who handles wolves and lions and bears. Who did that? David, the shepherd boy. He took out lions and bears and wolves all the time. And then here Jesus is the great shepherd saying, watch out for the wolves. There are a lot of people who identify themselves by these qualities. And there's a lot of crazy stuff out there that are, that's trying to get a hold of men today and trying to teach them to be this and be that. And one of them is be a wolf or be a dog, be, you know, all this. It's like, man, y'all are dumb. Christ said, no, I'm the shepherd. You see, he has a rod, and that rod 
handles things. It takes care of business. It is both an offensive weapon and a tool of protection for the sheep. You see, my job is to be a shepherd, not a wolf, not a dog, not anything else, a shepherd. And as men and as leaders, we're all called to shepherd somewhere because you have the great shepherd with you. So you might have to lead at your work in a way when you're surrounded by wolves. You might have to lead in your family when you might be in in an area where you're surrounded by wolves. Don't become like them. Be more like Jesus. Does this make sense? In verse 18, it said, a good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. You can fake spiritual gifts, but you cannot fake spiritual fruit. Anyone can show off their gifts and their abilities, and Jesus warned against that in the same chapter later on. He said, those that come to me and say, I can prophesy, I can heal, I can deliver, I can cast out all these things. He said, depart from me, I never knew you, because it's not about showing off what you can do. It's about the fruit that you produce. And you can fake that. How someone acts on a day-to-day basis is the revelation of the measure of the fruit they carry. How do you know someone has the fruit of the Spirit in their life? What are they like every day, not just on Sunday? What are they like every day? It's quiet in this church this morning. It's bringing some conviction. (laughs) That's the question. You might be wondering, where does pills and pomegranates have to do with this? Well, let me tell you. We go to Jesus like we take pills. That's what we do. Let me just take this real quick so I can feel better or just get through the night or just deal with this. I got ahead. Let me just real quick solve the problem and move on. We want to go to Jesus to feel something real quick. Because our generation is obsessed on feeling something. When there's something to be said about just faithfully pursuing God no matter what you're feeling. Pills can get you by for a day or so. And that's how we treat our relationship with God. Oh, let's just, you know. Let's just do this a little bit, and I'll be good for a couple of days. I'll be, I'll be good. We don't deal with the root issues is the problem. So then we don't, what we're saying is we don't want real change. We just want to continue as if all is well, as long as we have our Jesus pill. But life will teach you, you got to deal with the root issue. You got to deal with what is driving that thing. What is annoying 
that thorn in your side, like what is it? That's when you need the fruit of the Spirit. I chose pomegranates because it rhymed, or, you know, two Ps, alliteration. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know about this. I was like, pills and kiwis? No, that don't work. Took me a minute. I text Alex. I said, guess what the name of the next series is going to be called? I told him. He goes, weird. (laughs) He said something like that. I was like, ooh, okay. (laughs) He's like, I don't even get to know what it is. I was like, nope, not going to tell you nothing. I'll tell you this. Jesus is not just another option. Jesus is the answer. And I think what we do in times is we treat him like an option. We treat the things of God like an option. Preaching myself. You can't say amen. Say ouch. Jesus is not an option. He's the answer. He's the point. He's the reason. He's the purpose. He's the vision. He is why we are here. Let me tell you a little bit about pomegranates. I had to go look it up. I said, if I'm going to talk about this, I better know what I'm talking about. Pomegranates are a superfruit. They are filled with health benefits and even help prevent cancer. Did you know this? I did not know this. Yeah. Guess what the long-term effects of pills are? Liver, kidney, heart disease, and cancer. This is crazy. We need the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Because if we don't, what we will do is create and enable a behavior that just causes a cancerous effect in our spiritual lives. You want to prevent that? Get the fruit of the Spirit in your life. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Someone shot me down this morning. Someone forgot the one that no one likes. Long-suffering. That's a fruit? Yeah. Oof, wait a minute. You mean to tell me part of this is to suffer? That's like part of, yes. Who is I talking to? I probably forgot. Yeah, I forgot already. Oh, man, who was it? We're talking about life. Case in point, life, there he is. He's growing. He just wants to hear the message, brother. We're talking about life and how quick it is, how quick it goes. Like, half of my life is already over. Think about this. If you're 35 and up, Half your life is over. Everybody's like, not me. I see dying people for a living every day. Half your life is over. 
Happy birthday, Star. <laughs> okay. So you're on the clock. I think about this all the time now because of what I do. I see people in their dying state all the time. And I always ask their age, and they're always in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. There are very few people I meet that are in their 90s. I have one patient that's in 103, I can't believe it. And she is so full of the Holy Spirit. So crazy. It's, it's awesome. That's why she's 103. She's been walking in the Spirit. But if you're 40, half your life is over. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because we think we have time to serve God. We think we have time to love people, right? We think we have time to do what we're called to do. We don't have time. Time is not on our side. Time is our enemy. It doesn't stop for nobody. It doesn't slow down. It wins every single day. And I was talking with this gentleman and he said, you know, it's beautiful to be alive because you get to suffer. I was like, what? It's like, what are you talking about? He said, that's what it means to be alive. I'm like, you got to explain this to me. He said, the fact that God gave us the responsibility to suffer on this earth and still make it is a blessing we'll never understand until we get to the other side. I was like, what? But he's so true. He's so right. Because to exist is to suffer. Everybody just wants like a happy, easy, good life. <laughs> Here's the fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering. See, it's part of the process. It's part of the journey because he is acquainted with our sufferings. That's what the scripture says. Jesus Christ went to the cross and is acquainted with our suffering. You think you suffer in vain. No, 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 no. He suffers with you because he suffered for you. You're going to suffer either God in your life. Because if you do it your way, it will destroy you. Depression will win. Anxiety will win. Fear will win. Doubt will win. Trauma will win. All those things that the enemy uses, that we sang about what the enemy meant for evil, God turns into good. He does that when you start walking with him. Galatians 5, verse 16. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite. Who gives us desires? Who gives us godly desires? 
the Spirit of God. You don't give them to yourself. Oh, or excuse me, of what the sinful nature desires, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation of the law of Moses. That's an important phrase. We're going to revisit that in a minute. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. No matter who you are, Christian or not, you start following the desires of your sinful nature, this is what will happen. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousies, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's heavy. That's heavy. And if you allow yourself to be led by yourself, by your selfish, sinful nature, that is what you will get. Maybe not all of it, but some of it. You will land on that list somewhere. People think it's just normal to deal with those things. It's normal without the Spirit. That's the problem. The world has normalized this list to be okay and accepted and received and perpetuated and medicated as opposed to surrender. It's quiet in this church. I got Jasmine shot me down. Everybody else is like, tell me more about the pomegranate, man. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit... Let us also follow the Spirit's leading into every part of our lives. Does that mean some of our life? Every part of our lives. If we're going to do this, he said, then let us do this by surrendering every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoking one another or be jealous of one another. That's the truth right there. I mean, I really don't have much else to say. This is the truth. We live in a world that has said that that list that the enemy uses to attack us and come against us and we fall into is literally what the world wants you to like just embrace and do and, and celebrate. This is what the world is now celebrating. It didn't used to be celebrated. Even as young when I was growing up, this stuff was not celebrated. Now, 
It's more than celebrated. I forget what scripture, was it Isaiah? Where he said they invent new ways of doing evil. That's our generation. Our generation has accepted so much evil that they have invented new ways of doing evil. And because we have invented new ways of doing evil, it has crept into our Christian lives. And because it's crept into our Christian lives, we have to medicate. So we have a pill-popping mentality. What's going on? We have a pill-popping mentality. Let me just take this to get rid of that. Instead of seeking and walking with the Spirit of God for every part of our lives. I hate pills. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? I hate pills. I hate taking any kind of medication. In fact, you give me NyQuil, I will hallucinate for 24 hours. It's just if me and drugs just don't go well. I remember when I ruptured my Achilles, they put me on hydrocodone. I was like slobbering over myself. I didn't know what day it was. I was like, where am I? Cheryl was like, you're in your bed at home. I said, stop giving me those pills. I don't know who I am. I just, I hate it. I hated the feeling. You lose yourself. You lose yourself. I hate pills. And then I remember when I almost chopped my arm off. Guess what they wanted to give me? Hydrocodone. I said, nope. I'll deal with the pain. I can handle it. And I thought about that. How many of us are willing to deal with it? See, as soon as we experience a little measure of pain, what do people do nowadays? Oh, give me something, give me something, give me something. Let me, give me a prescription, give me something, right? I'm not talking negatively about that stuff. There's, I'm not a medical person in any sense of the word. I'm talking about spiritually. We do the same thing. We have the same mentality. Oh, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. Fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. God is saying, walk, 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 walk. Keep walking. Don't stop walking. Who gives us the desires, the good desires, the God desires? The Spirit of God. Those are the God dreams. If you have a God dream in your heart, it did not come from you. If you have a big vision in your heart, it did not come from you. The Spirit of God puts those desires in your heart. When you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the law of Moses. What does this mean? We saw that verse a minute ago. It says when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under the law of Moses. Well, it's very simple. The law of Moses was the Ten Commandments, the rules. Do this or else. It was very clear that no one could ever live up to those Ten Commandments. So in order to absolve themselves of their sin, they had to go make sacrifice, bring an animal, bring an offering. They had to make a burning sacrifice every single time. So he says... Now that Jesus has came, he shed his blood, you can walk in the Spirit. And when you walk in the Spirit, you are not under the law of Moses. 
Make sense? The flesh gives us desires too. We read the list. The flesh gives you desires. And it's nobody else's flesh but your flesh. Understand that. Your desires come from you. Your lustful desires come from you. They do not come from the enemy. He uses your desires against you. This is what the scripture teaches us. That it's our own sinful nature that gives us these desires. Nobody else. Don't blame it on anyone else. It is not your parents' fault. We use that as an escape to cast blame and not take responsibility for our own actions. It is not, I don't care what environment you grew up in, there is always a way out if you learn to walk in the spirit of God. He made a way. He made a way out. Some of y'all looking at your kids like, don't blame me. Don't blame me. The flesh gives you your desires. These desires keep us out of the kingdom of God. They don't just keep you distant. They keep you out. To what it said, did we not just read this? He said, I'm going to say this as I've said it before. Anyone living this lifestyle, not momentary behavior, lifestyle. Anyone doing this on a regular basis, living this life where it's normal and acceptable and you're okay with it, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And he's talking to everyone. Understand this. He's not talking about when you mess up, when you fall, when you make a mistake. He's talking about a lifestyle decision where you've chosen, this is who I am, this is who I'm going to be, and I'll always be this way. There's no changing that. I love Jesus, but I also love all of this. That's a lifestyle choice. Make sense? So your fleshly desires come from you. Your spiritual desires come from the spirit, and they are always opposed to each other. They are always at war with each other. They are always at odds with each other. When you are not directed by the spirit, you are then under the law of Moses. Once you step out from the spirit of God and you live your life the way you want to, and your lifestyle, you then now are under the law of Moses because what you've said is you said no to the blood of Jesus. You've said no to redemption. You said no to the truth. You've said no to his will and his ways because you want your way. That's what you said no to. So now you are under the law of Moses. Now you, you better go find yourself a goat just make sure you bring me the meat later. Shawarma. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all need to go visit Ginger Cafe and help a brother. I don't want to be under the law of Moses. No one's good enough for that. That's exhausting. 
to me, it is much more not just beneficial, but viable. Look, a spider. <laughs> Anybody watching Marvel or something? I don't know what's going on. Spider-Man. It just dropped right in front of me. But I hit him. Enemy, get thee behind me. Lost my train of thought. Ah, law of Moses. <laughs> Paying attention to myself here. It is not viable to stay out of the will of God. It may be difficult to walk in the Spirit, but it is much easier than walking your own path. We think it's harder, I think it's easier. Because to me, surrender is much easier than me trying to chart my own way. Because I got to figure out my own way. And I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall. I'm going to mess it up. And it's going to get harder and harder and harder. You might go through stuff with God, but at least you're walking with God. The Holy Spirit is the one that produces fruit. You don't even produce the fruit. Understand this. The Holy Spirit is the one that produces the fruit. But he wants every part of our lives. You might say, man, I don't know if I have spiritual fruit. Have you given up in your entire life? Or have you only surrendered the part of your life that is easy to surrender? Have you surrendered the painful things? Have you surrendered the secret things? Have you surrendered the whole totality of who you are? Or have you only surrendered what you know is going to make sure that you're accepted on the outside visibly by everyone else that, yes, I'm a Christian? See, if you don't have spiritual fruit in your lives, it's because you haven't surrendered all. Worship team, join me. I'm closing. I can feel the squirms. I got a couple questions for you. What kind of tree are you? Not an apple tree. I'm not talking about the type of fruit. I'm saying what kind of tree? Are you a good tree, a bad tree? I saw the confusion in your eyes. Uh, I'm a fig tree over here with the figs. Alex sent me a video the other day. He said, dude, I've got my first fig ever. This is called the first fruit. Do I like throw it in the offering bucket? <laughs> I was like, nah, bro. Have your wife bake some bread with it and bring it to church and serve it up. First fruits, praise the Lord. What kind of tree are you? A good tree or a bad tree? Ooh, that's the question, isn't it? See, you need, to, you need to go examine yourself. You need to let the Holy Spirit examine you. Am I a good tree or am I a bad tree? What happens to the bad trees? What did, what did it say? Man, it gets chopped down and thrown into the fire. Listen, everything burns. You're either going to burn for God or you're going to be chopped down and thrown and burned in the fire. Am I sounding like the old school fire and brimstone preacher yet? 
No. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Do you simply want a pill or do you want a fruit? You see, one will bring life and vitality and health. The other will get you by and ultimately kill you. Final question. How do we do this? Let's go to the scripture. Psalms 1. Last scripture for you. And then we're going to sing a little bit, pray for you, and let you out. Psalms 1, verse 1. Oh, the joys of those who did not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Whoa. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. How do we do this? It's pretty clear what the scripture says. We have to find the source of us walking in the spirit by going to his word. We meditate on the word day and night. This is why I'm not a big fan of going to my phone to read the Bible. Because the phone is distracting. Phones are distracting. Get yourself a real Bible and open it and start reading it and begin to meditate on it. How do you walk in the Spirit? You got to know how He talks. You got to know what He's saying when He speaks. How can you understand where to walk if you don't know his voice? Let's stand.
your own desires. Put away your own flesh. Let's start seeking him. And I believe, I believe he will. We thank you for the promise of your presence, the promise of your coming. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We ask that you come and be with us this morning. For these next few minutes, just come and hover over every person who may be struggling, may be dealing with things, who may have not surrendered all this morning. Prayer team, if you would come. You can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you and God bless.